This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Israel, the largest humanitarian organization in Israel, has collaborated with Monday.com to ensure that the kingdom of Eswatini is vaccinated against the COVID virus by the end of 2021. They are doing this through a virtual software monitoring system called Vaccine Control Room. Alistair Anderson, a specialized writer at Razor Publications, joins me now to tell me more. Alistair, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Alistair, tell me a little bit firstly about Israel. So, so Israel is the largest humanitarian organization in Israel. It's, it's not directly affiliated with the government there, but does a lot of work around the world. Um, and, you know, obviously COVID-19 has been sure the biggest humanitarian crisis that the world's seen in like a century. In fact, more people have died from this than, than died from Spanish flu. So they took it upon themselves to kind of help out. And that's why they set up this whole program with Monday.com, which is an Israeli tech company, which basically runs a workflow solution. And they've teamed up and they, they looked at Eswatini, which is obviously a country that has challenges. It, it has the highest prevalence of HIV in the world. South Africa has the most people with HIV, but obviously Eswatini is a small country, you know, with less than 2 million people living in it. And for all those reasons, there are a lot of immunocompromised people. So they really are in trouble if they catch COVID-19. And that's why Israel took it upon themselves to try and help get vaccinations uh, really kickstarted in that country and basically to vaccinate as many people as they possibly can. And the goal is to have the country vaccinated by the end of the year. And they are getting there. Has the process started? Yeah. So more than 800,000 people have been vaccinated in the country already. It's very positive. It's the highest vaccination rate of any African country. The population there is something like 1.2 million people. So they are on track to get it by the end of the year. But obviously, it has been a bit of a lull, just like there has been in everywhere in the world. When you start to open up your economy, people start to kind of naturally fear the virus less. They think they can return to normal life. And then not everyone is kind of incentivized to go and get vaccinated so much. But it's been pretty successful in Eswatini. I also think that those who want to get vaccinated go quite quickly. So you have that kind of spike in vaccinations and, and then, you know, those who don't or don't want it for whatever reason. And those are the people you have to get to. But I mean, it is amazing that so many people have been vaccinated. What is the response of the Eswatini population to this? It's just been very positive. Interestingly enough, the, the government took it as a priority. They recognized it's a priority and the people of the country have kind of listened to that, that call. You know, there, there have been riots and there have been challenges in that country recently, especially at schools, but it seems that health is still paramount, even if not everyone's happy with the leadership. I think they've just understood that their health system is under pressure and that if you're vaccinated, your chances of survival should you get COVID-19 are just much, much higher. Of course, because they have high HIV prevalence, they already had some infrastructure in place to deal with that. So, you know, you can kind of use that infrastructure for for COVID-19, but it's been a good response. And I, and I just think the education has been good. It, it seems that what Israel has done well is they've controlled the, the flow of information and they've, they've stopped misinformation from getting to the people. Whereas if you compare it to a place like South Africa, there's a lot of misinformation I and mean, a lot of people are, are anti-vaxxers, unfortunately, in South Africa. And I think that's why, to be honest, our vaccin- vaccination rate is pretty embarrassing. You say they've stopped misinformation getting to people. How? Looking what's on Twitter, it's calling people out, I suppose, on Swazi Twitter when, when they say things are incorrect. The government tweeting this is false. It's being on top of those things. Um, and then what they've also done is the government there has done 
adverts on radio. A lot of people listen to radio. There's television adverts just telling you the truths of COVID-19, the truths of the vaccination process, and that it is a good idea. Yes, it, it might be seen as a bit, you know, a bit like you throwing this upon people. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like ordered upon people. But I, th- I think it's, it's such a humanitarian and health crisis that it's good that a government can recognize that if, if you have a populace which is, you know, under pressure, is not necessarily extremely educated, then you, you kind of have to educate them. You have to look after them. You have to baby them a bit. And I think that's worked in their favor. You know, whereas some countries where you know, people push speech so hard and where, where rights are you know, incredibly important. I mean, a place like South Africa, of course, it's important to be able to have a bill of rights. And we fought for it, you know, for a long time. And we're very cognizant of that. But it, it can kind of work against you if you just let people get away with misinformation. And I mean, I, I read it's freedom of speech. But I think in a way, it's almost tantamount to hate speech because that misinformation can cause a lot of hurt for a lot of people. Tell me a little bit about the vaccine control room, because it sounds like a, a real live little room that people are operating from. But obviously, it's not. It's a hugely technological rollout system. Can you explain it? It's kind of both in the sense that there are people sitting in Tel Aviv that are sitting in a control room that are using this online software So this there's basically this in cyberspace, this workplace solution. So it's, you know, it's online. They've got data. They've all kinds of things in the program. So they can monitor where people are staying in Eswatini, where the people who are vaccinated are living, uh, how old they are, you know, their gender, who hasn't vaccinated, where the vaccines are sitting, you know, where fridge control rooms are, how they need to move things around, the logistics of it. So it looks like, you know, just something on your computer, but it is being monitored out of a room. And then inside country itself, there are also uh, Eswatini, there are also staff from Israel and people who actually live in Eswatini who are also, you know, sitting in offices. So it's, it's kind of like an office system. You know, there is a real office, but then as it is also online and it's people are able to communicate with each other. One, um, way in which they're doing really well is through WhatsApp. That's, you know, obviously a very powerful tool, a communication tool around the world. Also true in Eswatini and, you know, they're WhatsApping the, the citizens there and giving them information all the time about the virus. So it's communication, but it's also a system whereby contact tracing, which is so important in this virus, can surely be done as well. I mean, one of the things that, that fascinates me is the, the way we can help people to not spread it. In a way, that's the most important thing once people have been infected. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredibly important that, um, you know, you, you stop the spread. And I think that's why we had these lockdowns around the world. And that's why we started with a hard one. And, you know, in hindsight, people might say, was it worth it? You know, there's different stats as to what effect it had. But, I mean, clearly they did save lives, even if um, you know, economies were shattered. And now living in current world, it, the science shows that if you are vaccinated, it's harder to spread the virus than if you aren't. And that's the whole thing is that, uh, again, a lot of people don't know if they have the virus because they're asymptomatic. That too. So it's just it makes perfect sense to get vaccinated. It's the best uh, measure we have against this virus. And that's why if you look at a country like Norway, their um, COVID infection rates are down tremendously. They're now starting to drop um, restrictions, but then their vaccination rate is over 80%. And Esther, my last question for you is, we realize what can be done with COVID. And you talk about HIV AIDS, and we know how prevalent it is, and in a way not really discussed as much as it could. Can the same systems that we're applying now not be used at some point for HIV AIDS. That's kind of now the big research at the moment is what can this technology be used for things like HIV and cancer. So obviously HIV is something that you, you can also 
you know, you can track, you can encourage people. Been so many, um, like abstinence, you know, using condoms, et cetera, et cetera. Now that they've got this system in place where they can see what citizens are doing, of course, and they can educate people, I think it can be used for HIV. What Israel did say is that eventually they will leave, but they want to, you know, leave the country with, with people that can manage the system. They don't want to just throw it upon these people. So they're educating them, they're teaching them. And then, of course, as I said, in science, they're now looking at vaccines for things like HIV and cancer. You know, there have been technological um, leaps. Uh, recently, they even they've now invented like a COVID pill, you know, as opposed to a vaccine, which people can take that they've been trialing in the States. So in times of crisis, a lot of technological breakthroughs happen. That's very true in, in the country of Israel, especially as we know. Yeah, so it's great that you've got an organization that's stepping in and trying to do something about this um, human crisis in Africa where Unfortunately, the, the supply of vaccines has been poor, and then the take-up of vaccines has also not been good. So thank you so much for joining me. That was absolutely fascinating, and it's so important to know. Thank you very much, and have a great weekend. Thank you. That was Alistair Anderson, specialised writer at Razor Publications.